welcome to Game Sense. I'm your host, Michael Alvaro, and on today's episode, we'll review the Talent League Girls Elimination Finals, look ahead to the weekend's preliminary finals, and analyze the all-important wing role in this year's AFLW draft. To do that with me today is Chief Editor at Rookie Me Central, Peter Williams. Thanks for joining me, mate. Yeah, looking forward to uh, getting stuck into it and looking across uh, all the results from the weekend. Absolutely. Speaking of the results, we're going to get stuck straight into those elimination finals. The first one being the Oakley Chargers win over Calder. Quite a comprehensive result there. 7-5-47 to the Cannons, 1-3-9. Give me a quick recap of how that went down. Yeah, it was a pretty comprehensive, as you said, performance from Oakley uh, in the end. It was close early. Uh, there was a strong breeze blowing and Calder had it in the first term had a few opportunities couldn't kick a goal and then Oakley kicked one up the other end so um, unfortunately from there Oakley did take advantage of the breeze next quarter kicked four goals to one uh, and never really looked back so um, they just used the ball better going forward were able to capitalize and um, in the end came away with that pretty impressive uh, sort of 38 point win who played well yeah, so like from an overall perspective, uh, Oakley had a really even team performance. You've got Sarah Powell, who had a great game. She was probably best on for them. Sienna Talaridi in defence was great, along with Lucy Cronin, uh, who earned a combine invite outside of Metro. Uh, and then you've got Emma McDonald, who looked lively up forward and went into um, and has spent time in defence, I should say, in the past. Not in this game, but she has done it um, in the past. Uh, and then you've got Maggie Marnie, uh, Abby Vecino again um, through that midfield, finding plenty of it. Uh, and then if you look at Calder, you've got uh, Kaylee Kavanagh, best on again. She was brilliant. Um, 22 touches, laid 10 tackles, got to the outside, took seven marks, and five of them were pretty much in the first 25 minutes. So got really busy early. Chloe Baker West had a heap of it as well. Um, Yasmin Wellsford, as uh, someone perhaps outside the expected ones, uh, did pretty well in defence, just kept cracking in there. And Shauna McElligot, uh is one to keep an eye on up forward. So it was just more of a even performance from Calder, where, uh, from Oakley, I should say, where Calder had some of those standouts, um, but then there just wasn't enough at sort of the bottom end that got them there. So it was too, too much from Oakley and they got the job done. And there was another fairly one-sided um, result with the Eastern Rangers 13-11-89 defeating Northern 1-4-10. The Knights obviously didn't score a goal until the final quarter. Um, quite a comprehensive, I guess, uh, performance from the Rangers there. Yeah, it was pretty one-sided, as you said. And yeah, like they took advantage of the breeze in the first term, kicked four goals four. And then even without the breeze, they just looked too strong. They um, moved the ball really well. They took control in the midfield and they've got such a well-balanced midfield. So for me, I think they're the team to beat this season. They've got their balance of talls and smalls, um, quick and strong. And um, realistically, just Northern didn't quite have the answers uh, in the end. Uh, they did kick that goal in the last term, which was off the back of hard work. But uh, Eastern just were, yeah, just too good across the board. So um, too many options. And yeah, they ran away with it in the end uh, by 79 points. And obviously with such a result, there must have been a heap of um, fantastic individual performances as well in the Rangers side. So who do you see as the outstanding ones there? Yeah, look, it's hard to look past Alicia Pisano up forward. She kicked four goals from 14 touches. Just so damaging. She played on Hannah Scott, who you could see uh, got frustrated a few times because she didn't do too much wrong. But Pisano just took that little 
uh, advantage, even if she was given a couple of steps and, and made her pay. And then she went into defence for the final term, which was a bit different and played on Ava Jordan there. So those two had a fair bit of fun. Um, Emma still uh, kicked three goals and they all came pretty early on in the first 25 minutes. So she had 17 touches. She was probably best on in the end, um, uh, outshone a few others. Laura Stone, she's second game back from injury. Um, you can tell she's she isn't full-time midfield yet. She played in defence and then went forward and kicked two goals in the last quarter, which was pretty impressive. Um, Evie Parker looked pretty lively. Um, Taylor McMillan's just all class. She's brilliant for Easton. And then if you look at Northern, Zoe Hargraves was clearly the best on for them. She had 26 touches and was brilliant. Um, and then, yeah, other than her, you had Talia Plunkett win a fair bit of it. Um, Winnie Buckley tried hard and Ava Jordan showed some talent around there, but it was just uh, too much depth for the Rangers, uh, which got them the job done in the end. And the Geelong Falcons kicked 74 points in their 27-point win over the Tasmania Devils, 11-8-74 to 7-5-47. So they progress under Mal Hickey. How'd that one go down? Yeah, uh, well, down on the apple, it was a very strange one because Tassie kicked the first four goals of the game and then... Geelong managed to balance back out and Tassie. So we're seeing, again, pretty one-sided scoring in terms of one end. Um, so Tasmania actually did lead by a couple of points at the last change, but then Geelong having the scoring end just piled on five goals to nil in the last quarter and, and ran away with it. Uh, this was sort of tipped to be the closest game of the weekend and in many regards, it, it probably was, um, certainly from a score perspective. And it was just that sort of top-end talent of Geelong that, came away with it. Obviously, Sarah Howley um, had 28 and kicked a goal again. Chloe Adams was just superb as captain, laid 11 tackles, seven inside 50. She was brilliant. Chloe Bryant's a bottom major who impressed, uh, and, and Mecca Morrissey on the wing. They had lots of options. Up forward, Chantel Mason kicked three. Two of them came in the last quarter, but she again added more to a tally. Um, while for Tassie, Ava Reid had a great day out, kicking four goals, including a pretty classy one from the boundary. And um, other than that, their 07 group, uh, Georgia Haberl and Harriet Bingley, were probably the pick of the bunch from Tassie. Um, a few players didn't quite play as well they would have liked, but um, still, they were able to show pr- plenty of competitiveness. And um, one quarter going the other way, it could have been different, but Geelong were too strong in the end. Speaking of depth, Dandenong has that in abundance and showed it um, with a muscle flexing 9-11-65 to 0-1-1 victory over GWV. Um, again, probably one of the better sides in it. How'd they go in this game? Yeah, Dandenong, uh, yeah, realistically, um, just with too good after quarter time, it sort of felt like the Rebels almost played like, it was like a game within a game in the first term. Um, because Danny Long had um, the ascendancy, but the Rebels just brought so much tackling pressure. I think that was probably the best tackling performance I've seen in terms of it one quarter. But at quarter time, you could kind of see a lot of the Rebels girls were pretty tired. Um, they were doing a lot of stretches and, and things like that after one quarter because they did just absolutely done everything they could to um, stop Danny Long scoring. And it worked. They only kicked the one goal. So they did really well. But from that point on, it was kind of all Danny Nong and they ended up kicking 10 goals to, yeah, nil. So unfortunately, it was pretty one-sided, but it, it's full credit to the Stingrays who, uh, again, are probably deservedly the top country team. Any standout performances from the Rays and even the Rebels there? Yeah, like, I mean, I like the work of Ali Simmons coming through the uh, ruck. She kicked a goal, had 20 touches, eight tackles, 21 hitouts, one of the top 
um, country players for next year uh, in terms of those tools. So she's pretty impressive. Um, you look across her partner in crime, Zoe Bazanko, kicked 2-3 from 14 disposal. She's another one to keep an eye on. Um, and they just had a real good balance across the board. Um, Gemma Ramsdale was superb yet again in defence, kept Claire Marnie just a couple of touches, had 19 herself. Um, Michaela Williamson provided a bit of run. Gemma Reynolds, another one for next year to keep an eye on. And, and Meg Robinson had a pretty good game overall. So they had a really strong group of contributors where for the Rebels, Millie Lane was clearly uh, GWV's best. She had 27 touches and 13 rebound 50. She just mopped everything up in defence. Uh, went in there a lot and she was probably the reason it didn't get any worse for them. Uh, Tyler Crabtree had a real crack. Um, she was pretty good. Layla Lappin tried hard through the rush. She had a tough day out. Molly Walton, again, um, trying pretty hard. So, it, But it was more from a Rebels perspective, it was definitely more of a, um, I guess, the players kept trying hard where Danny Nong were just, they made it look a bit easier. So they were able to score easier and, and came away with that victory. But the Rebels did put up a fair bit of fight. Um, if you watch the game, they added plenty of tackling pressure. But unfortunately, yeah, the Stingrays just had too many options. So with that, we've got, Two preliminary finals coming up on Saturday. Of course, the conferences begin to, I guess, switch over now. So um, we have the crossover of Oakley taking on Dandenong at 11 a.m. at Shepley Oval. And then the next game is Easton taking on Geelong at 1.10 p.m. So a great doubleheader to look forward to. We'll start with the first game, Chargers against the Rays. Um, how do you see it playing out and who's your tip? Yeah, this is probably the toughest game. Well, clearly the toughest game to kind of pick from because you've, they've both got very different strengths. Um, Danny Nong probably had that bit more experience. And I reckon at the home ground, they might be favoured to take this out uh, overall. Uh, Oakley have been in some good form, but Danny Nong, of course, coming in eight in a row, they probably um, getting those couple of tough games leading in would really help them. And even the tackling pressure from the Rebels will help them. Um, they're going to dominate in the ruck. They've got um, Simmons, they've got Vesenko. They're able to rotate through there where Oakley don't really have too many um, established ruck options. So it'll be good to see if Danny Nong can get on top in that area because it'll probably give the midfields, which are well-balanced between the sides, uh, a bit more of an advantage. And we both know these teams can score. So I think it, midfield's where it's going to get um, one. Uh, and certainly it's going to be a big day out. I'm going to look for Ramsdale to go to Emma McDonald. That'll be a really good clash. She's kept some quality players quiet the last three weeks, so she's got a huge task on her hands. Um, but I think, I'll look, I'll go for Danny Nong in this one, uh, though this, I think, will go right down to the wire. All right, and what about the Eastern Rangers against Geelong Falcons? Will that be similarly tight, or do you see a clear winner? Um, look, I think Geelong are always going to put up a fight, but I just think Easton are the team to beat this year. So I'm definitely going to be going with Easton. Uh, the key is trying to stop it at the source and obviously shutting down some of their key playmakers. Because I think if they can kind of limit what Laura Stone and uh, Alicia Pisano do particularly, I think that'll go a long way to victory. But Geelong just have to get the ball in their hands. So your likes of Howley and Adams just have to really win it around the coalface and get it forward because... We know they've got some uh, forwards in there that kick goals. Mason, Bella Gillum, they're, they're all able to hit the scoreboard. But I think it's going to be a lot tougher against an Eastern Rangers side that is pretty good defensively, but definitely really uh, dangerous offensively. So they might stretch them a bit, the Rangers, which is why I'm going to go with Eastern in that one. 
All right, we'll move on to a new segment and the third segment of the day, the positional analysis. We're going to be looking at a few different positions and roles um, around the ground and perhaps some that are most pertinent to the top level at the moment. Um, of course, we're starting with the wing. So before we get into some of the players who are perhaps the best in that role, um, Pete, can you just give us a little insight into what you might look for for the, um, you know when selecting the the ideal wing at AFLW level? Yeah, so obviously for a, a wing, you realistically need a, a fair bit of pace and obviously a high endurance base to be able to cover between the arcs uh, and making good decisions when you win the ball because you've got to decide whether you're going to play on and and make the move or whether you're going to hold it up and and you know, just weigh up your options because clearly depending on where the ball is, the stage of the game and, and things like that, it really uh, is important. And if you're going to be an outside player, um, that skill aspect comes into it a fair bit more. So um, I think that's the key difference between, uh, I guess, your best wingers and the ones that can play that in the future. All right. So we do have some pretty highly ranked pure wingers um, and a couple from Queensland that you've identified within the top well, 20. So um, talk about them and, and what makes them so ideal for the role. Yeah, so Queensland had the the two top wings, in my opinion, uh, for this year in Sienna McMullen and Sophie Peters. Um, luckily for the Queensland sides, they're split between themselves. So McMullen is uh, Gold Coast Suns, uh, while Peters is Lions Academy. So uh, hailing from Bond Uni and Maroochydore, respectively. Um, even though they bear similar traits, they are a little bit different. McMullen has sort of always been in that spotlight. She's uh, moves really well, got uh, agility. She predominantly can play wing, but she plays off halfback and play half forward and has spent time on ball as well. She's got that uh, explosive pace and great evasion. So she's someone who generally is pretty good. Um, she'll use it well. There's, there's still areas to improve on a little bit with her in that regard. Um, and sometimes she can do a bit too much. Where if we're looking at Peters, she's a bit more refined in that way. Doesn't win as much of the ball. Um, she might only have 12 or 13 touches in the game. Um, has spent a little bit of time inside for the ruse in the Quaffle Women's, but mostly plays on a wing. And she's got great speed. And I think it's just her decision-making and skill that really stands out. So she's not quite as, I, I guess, developed as uh, perhaps a McMullen, but she's got other areas that really stand out. She's... Um, not easily tackled and she just uses it well all the time. So um, they're different players, even though they play the same role. And um, look, they're both going to be great players at the top level. And there's also one other in your top 30 in Hayley McLaughlin from Easton and perhaps a few others in the mix. Um, so can you sort of list them and, and talk about what they do as well? Yes, yeah, so starting with Hayley McLaughlin uh, out of the Eastern Rangers, as you said, look, she's the standout Victorian winger. Uh, her work rate's phenomenal, and, and let's be honest, most of these wingers are. That's why they're up there. So she's got a great work rate. Um, she can get back into defence to chop out. She can use the ball going forward. Um, generally a really good decision maker, um, but she brings that uh, defensive flair as well as that offensive work. Um, she's begun really winning a lot of the ball. She has spent some time inside as well, so she's really developed this season. She's a dual sports person as well. She's played cricket in the past, so someone who is familiar with a uh, high training regime. So she's used to doing a fair bit of work in the off season. And um, from a Victorian perspective, just someone who can um, yeah, go between the arcs and work really hard, win the ball, dish off and 
particularly going inside 50, you can see her weighting her kicks really well. So um, she's not, I wouldn't say she's as sort of uh, smooth moving, if you like, as McMullen or Peters, but she's probably got that extra touch of hardness and certainly is a, a better ball winner. So again, it's a third type of kind of winger there. Um, she's definitely able to uh, impact a game uh, consistently. So um, that's why she's also in there. And then if I look at the other three that um, I've got in the mix, you've got another Victorian in Keely Fullerton out of the Bendigo Pioneers. She's another one I quite like. Um, I think there's there's times that she looks absolutely outstanding and then there's other times where um, she'll make the odd mistake and she's not as complete as some of the others. But um, she's one of those players that, she might not impact for a quarter or two and whatever, but then she might win the ball and she'll just deliver a brilliant goal off the left running from 40 and you'll be like, oh, okay, she's got something about her. So she's someone who I think will be one of those players that is uh, divisive among clubs. I think some clubs will love what she offers and others may not rate her as highly. It's it's quite an interesting one to see how she goes, but she's definitely got the talent. It's just building on it. Um, Holly Eifold's one out of South Adelaide, and again, probably the top one from South Australia for that permanent wing role. She's someone who can find the ball um, and particularly find space. That's that's her number one thing. She just finds space so easily. So she's able to rack up a fair bit of, uh, I guess, marks throughout the game because she just gets and goes and um, identifies where to run. So she's definitely uh, an outside player compared to perhaps some of the others who have played more inside. She's um, definitely that second possession winner um, is willing to take the handball, receive and run. So she's got that kind of aspect in her game, but definitely her space finding uh, and just knowing the game, that game sense is what really stands out for her. Uh, and then the last one I identified was Eva O'Donnell out of Claremont. She's had a fair bit of uh, injury troubles over the years, which is, or certainly of late, which is um, unfortunate for her. She's got a lot of talent. She's played a bit of forward, kicked four goals in a game once. So, uh, earlier this year. So she's someone who, again, elite work rate, just works between the arcs. And um, she it's maybe a bit more pinpoint passing could improve a little bit, but certainly when she's around goals and um, when she's on the move, she looks so dangerous. So again, another perfect player that sort of suits that wing role. And of course, AFL and AFLW recruiters are after players who are versatile and can play a range of roles. So um, there are still a few players who perhaps have played on the wing this year, but maybe that's not their primary post. So in terms of those inside your top 20 in the rankings, um, who are some who have played on that outside midfield role and um, could perhaps thrive there at the next level? Yeah, so the top ranked one, and uh, I guess the sole one on this whole list uh, that's inside my top 10 is Elaine Grigg out of Central District. Uh, her tackling pressure is what really stands out. She played as a wing uh, for Central District, but she's also played half forward and in the middle. Um, she's played as a wing uh, at state championships too, um, but it's mostly that forward pressure. So she's got that great work rate, but um, just her speed along with her tackling pressure, she's her decision-making and, and ball use at times could definitely improve. Um, but uh, I guess what she adds on that defensive element uh, and the way she can get forward and, does all the team things. She's a great uh, team player. Everyone that speaks of her says how she does everything for the team first. So I know recruiters are going to love that. And the fact that she um, just has that energy around the ball, she's one to, I think, could easily play at that level. Um, or they'll play her as a pressure forward to start with, I'd say. Um, Patlin Serhoy out in WA, she's another one who I think plays her best footy as a wing. Um, she's spent time on the inside and at half back, but 
just that work rate, and she's really strong overhead. Great mark of the ball, similar to uh, Eiffold, just able to um, find that space and win the ball. I think she's a lot better when she's got that time um, to dispose of it because um, sometimes she can rush and um, not make the best decisions. But certainly when she's able to get uh, time and space and use it on her own time, she's able to work really well down the ground. Uh, and then we look at Jess Wrench as well out of GWV Rebels, someone who um, just has explosive speed and you know, she's just had a terrific 2023 coming back from a broken leg and um, got better as she went on. She's played a bit of halfback, bit of wing, bit of on ball and um, even playing on ball a couple of weeks back, kicked three goals. Unfortunately missed uh, the final round of the talent league season. So that was a big loss for the Rebels, but um, she's done her chances no harm this year. She's, um, just that one who will take the ball and go. So definitely a player um, to keep in mind. And I think she'll probably be more of that outside player, particularly to start with, just because of her run and carry and, um, yeah, speed uh, between the arcs. And to finish off, obviously, there is one more, um, I guess, potential winger who is in your top 30, another Queenslander at that, and then a few more perhaps that you think could play the role outside of that mix. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously the one you allude to there is uh, Evie Long, someone who really caught my eye when I was in Queensland watching uh, the Maroons go at it. Uh, and realistically, she's just got um, a, a really good kick and um, good overhead. She started on a wing and went forward. She was um, one of the few Queensland, I think the only Queenslander in the end that kicked a goal in each of the uh, Queensland games at the champs. So she got forward and there was a game where she kicked three goals. Um, Certainly someone who's got that good decision-making. She uses the ball well. Doesn't win a stack of it. She might only have that, say, 10 to 12 or so touches, but she just makes really good decisions. So she's definitely one I think uh, will make it to that next level. And then if we're looking across the board, it's really across the country. Um, In New South Wales, we've got Holly Cooper, who um, spent a fair bit of time inside as well as outside. So she showed off her speed around that. Uh, stoppages uh, at the champs, but she's got that ability to play on the outside and, and go. So she plays for the Wolves, Manly Warringah in the uh, AFL Sydney comp. So she's played a fair bit and she can go forward too. So she's a bit of a utility. Um, Mackenzie Ford's one who just keeps uh, popping up. She's had some good games and some quiet games, but she's a really hard runner and um, just finds the ball around the ground. She's pretty neat. Uh, by hand or foot, just general across the board without having a massive strength, but she does have some great speed and uh, defensive pressure. And then Emily Goff is the other one uh, who's a bit different to all the rest because she's sort of 180 centimetres, really tall, has played as a key defender and has played as key forward as well. So kind of played a bit of everywhere. She's spent time lately on the wing for the Dragons. So um, she's got that outstanding uh, endurance base and really strong overhead. So a bit different to everyone else because she is quite a bit taller than them. But um, yeah, still developing uh, fundamental aspects of her game, such as uh, refining her kicking and things like that. But she's got a booming kick and yeah, covers the ground. So um, definitely a, a wide variety of wingers in that group. And so to finish off, for any players, all these players included, um, that are perhaps looking to refine um, and really hone their game on the wing, when you look at the AFLW level, who would you say is the kind of prototype to look towards? Yeah, so obviously one that pops to mind straight away is Ola O'Dwyer um, and Sophie Conway too. The Both of the Lions ones, you know, they, they were able to... Um, taste plenty of success uh, in those roles. I think they provide great 
offensive and defensive drive. They're two-way runners. They've got a lot. Even um, out of she's at St Kilda now, obviously, but Steph Giocchi's another specialist wing um, who really improved uh, for the Pies and and helped them uh, get a lot better with her uh, speed and ball use on the outside. So I think there's different types of players. Uh, I think a lot of wings now, the best they do is get forward and can hit the scoreboard. Um, as we've seen with O'Dwyer and Eden Conway, things like that, they can hit the scoreboard, but then they also get back. Uh, into defence and help out. So it's often a thankless kind of role because they obviously don't always um, get the just rewards. And particularly when it comes to like all Australian teams, uh, you don't always see too many wingers in it. Um, So, but they're definitely an important role and um, they're the ones that can turn defence into offence, particularly if they read the play really well and, and then are able to distribute it cleanly down the field. So there's a lot of different ways you can impact as a wing, but certainly from the women's game, it's a really important role um, just because there's two less players on the field as well. So there's that bit more space. So those that can run and um, use it really well uh, are able to impact games much greater than perhaps even in the men's game. So definitely an important role. And uh, as you can see from all those different types of wingers at junior level, they've all got a role to play and uh, all have different strengths. Absolutely. There are plenty of options for clubs to look at there. Meanwhile, we'll be looking forward to a huge weekend of action. Be sure to check out Rookie Me Central, where we, of course, will have all our regular previews, reviews, scouting notes, and more. That's all we've got time for on this episode of Game Sense. Pete, thanks for joining me once again. No worries. Uh, Really enjoyed this and looking forward to the footy on the weekend. Definitely, I'll be there along with you. Make sure all of you listeners subscribe to us on your favourite podcasting platforms for all the latest episodes and follow at Rookie Me Central on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube and Threads. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you tune in next time.